You're helping a person through a porn addiction. Does that terrify you? I hope not. It's not as complicated as it sounds or maybe how we tend to interpret this problem. There is a way to work through it, and and I hope that this podcast will help you as well as all the inserted links that I have in the article that I'm going to share with you. Because if you do struggle with walking someone through a porn addiction or if you are struggling with it yourself, then I would encourage you to take advantage of these resources because I think you know this. This problem is a thing. It is a big thing. It is a pandemic thing. The majority of of the people, the majority of the men in our country, in our world, struggle with porn and porn addiction. So this is something that is not going to go away. And so I trust that you would want to equip yourself personally as well as your friends, your family, and then those who come to you. And so my question is, you're helping a friend work through his porn addiction. Where do you begin? What is your starting point? To identify his most significant problem, where would you look? I want you to think about those those three questions. He comes to you, and now you're going to have to look inside, outside. I mean, you, you do have to address the internal and external problem, but the question I'm asking you is where do you start? Would you start with what the struggler is viewing? What about the social effect? How about modesty? When you address the porn problem, are you more inclined to begin with the discussion with the prevalent, pervasive cultural immodesty issues? I mean, granted, being immodest must be part of the discussion. And it is wise to walk our wives and our daughters through how to dress modestly. It is prudent to teach them how to help guard their hearts of the male friends by dressing appropriately. But the way they dress, or my other questions, should not, capital N-O-T, should not be the starting point with the pornography discussion. Welcome to Your Daily Drive. Thank you for joining me, Rick Thomas, for this podcast. If you want to read the podcast, please go to our website, rickthomas.net. The title of it is, When Looking for Pornography, Start in the Heart. That's where we want to begin. And you can read this article in its entirety, everything that I'm going to share with you. Plus, I do. I did add a lot of links inside this article. There's probably more than a dozen of them. And the reason I did that, because when you get to the call to action part of this podcast, one of the things that I will appeal to you to do is to take advantage of all these articles. Pornography is not a problem that's going to go away in a, a moment of time or through one counseling session. That would be an outlier. That would be an anomaly. It takes a lot of work, especially because this is so addictive. And once you habituate yourself into this kind of lifestyle, you're just not going to shake it off with a wish and a prayer. You're going to have to do the hard work of coming out of this uh, habitual, habitualization into a, of a sin problem. And so I have a lot of articles here and podcasts that you can work through with someone. And so I would encourage you to take advantage of it. Again, the title of the article, When Looking for Pornography, Start in the Heart. And you can read this, this article, listen to this podcast, and, and access all of these other resources. By the way, if you enjoy these podcasts, would you do me a favor? And maybe you want to stop it right now, and that would be fantastic. 
and then take just a few moments to write a review on the platform that you listen to, whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast. It helps us to grow organically. And so when you give a, a good review, we grow organically, we're able to reach more people. We've had a lot of people over the past couple of weeks say some very kind things through our various social media platforms. We do keep a testimony page under the About uh, the about drop down in the navigation bar in the nav, there is a drop down. There is a link called testimonies, and there are hundreds upon hundreds of testimonies from people that have been blessed from the Lord through this ministry. In fact, your name may be on there for maybe something that you have shared with us in the past, but there are hundreds of them. And we keep this running list because sometimes people do ask, what do you do? What is the benefit of what you do? What is the effect of what you do? And that testimony page, is it is so inspiring and it's so encouraging to think that the Lord would be so pleased to use this ministry to help people. And so if you, if you do have a testimony that you want to add to that page, you send it in to us and we'll be glad to add it for you. We'll only use your first name. But we'll be glad to add it for you. But the more important thing here is would you go on the platform where you're listening to this podcast and would you write a review? And that would help us to continue to grow in our reach. The text of Scripture that you are familiar with is Luke 6.45, and it's so applicable to what I'm going to be talking about in this podcast. Jesus said, it's a very short sentence, out of the abundance of the heart. His mouth speaks. Jesus did not begin talking about behavioral sins like porn by addressing the behavior. Now, granted, it is important that we talk about behavior. There are some behavioral modification things that you must do. There are some external things that, that you need to sign off on and that you need to take care of. But the starting point was the heart. Notice what Jesus did here. He tied the conduct. In this case, he's talking about talking. He says his mouth speaks, but he tied the contact, uh, conduct, externals, to the core, to the internal. The internal is the heart. He said out of the abundance of the heart, the core, the internal, the mouth speaks, the external, the behavior. In this verse, he placed the genesis of our sin problems in the heart rather than on the lip. A man struggled with pornography, and this could apply to a woman as well, but I'm addressing, I'm addressing men specifically in this podcast because that is the bigger issue. But many of these things would also apply to a woman, but I'm speaking specifically to men. And his struggle with pornography does not begin in his culture that would be a misdirection play if that's where you go, if that's where you begin by lambasting the culture, and maybe you need to lambast the culture. But that's not where pornography begins. It begins in the mind. You remember what Paul said in Ephesians 4? He appealed to us to make sure that we renew the spirit of our minds before we put on a new behavior. In 4.22, he said, put off the old behavior. Verse 23, renew the spirit of your mind, then put on before you put on, you have to change your mind. You have to renew the spirit of your mind. If you do not first address the physical sin issue at the level of the mind, you will set, your, set, set, you will set yourself up for the genuine possibility of that sin reappearing. 
If you do not put an axe to the root of the tree, there will be sprigs, then limbs, and possibly full-blown branches reappearing. And along with the ongoing, recurring behavioral sin problem of porn, there will be the possibility of compounded frustration and anger and hopelessness, and even less faith to attack the behavioral pornography problem in the future. And that's what happens if you, if you don't address a problem correctly, and you do it three or four or five times as far as addressing it, and the problem doesn't go away, and in this case is because you're not dealing with the main thing primarily, you will grow in frustration. But not just frustration, hopelessness, and that's a big deal. Because once hopelessness sets in, you will have less faith for the process of change. You'll, you'll eventually just give up altogether. Knowing this truth about where pornography resides as a starting point, it does bring hope. It does give you faith for the process. It gives you courage to address the problem. If a man believed the root of his porn problem was in his culture, he, he would set himself up as a potential victim of the society. This is another problem with starting in the wrong place. If you believe that external forces were in control of you, you could take a victim mindset. In fact, our culture does this all the time in virtually everything, not pornography necessarily, though they do. But we are all victims because we're controlled externally and we don't realize that, no, really the thing that you want to address is what's going on in your heart. But a person that takes on a victim mindset because he believes the problem is in society, he would be at the mercy of his culture always reacting to how women dress or not dress. He would spend his energy, time, and focus guarding the wrong door. There is no question that he should guard the cultural door. Men guard the cultural door. But that is not your starting point. That cannot be your initial focus. There is no hope in being a victim. But if a man believed his wicked heart was the main problem, there would be hope because he could apply God's grace. He could repent of his sin. He could live in the good of God's gospel. Repenting from the heart is a position of strength against the battle with lust. There is no hope otherwise. You can't repent of your culture. Lord, I repent of my culture. Well, the culture will never change. He can't make worldly women dress the way he thinks is right. But he can repent of the sin in his heart. There most certainly is a physical attraction for men regarding the opposite sex. God made a man with a desire for a woman. And in a biblical sense, there should be an attraction in a man's heart for the opposite sex. I'm not downplaying or ignoring the temptations that come from or come with immodest women, and physical attraction. I'm not saying she has no responsibility in the matter, but what I hope that you hear in this podcast, and I hope that you can begin to see, is that if you are experiencing lust, the source of that desire does not begin with the opposite sex. Jesus said it this way in 528, Matthew, quote, I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Do you hear what he's saying? We always focus on in her heart. Now, that's true in your heart or in his heart. That is true. 
but this is he actually is using redundancy here because he says with lustful intent. That's also talking about your heart as well. Your intentions. And so if if that is your starting point, which it is, if you look at a woman with lustful intentions, you have the lustful intentions before you ever look at a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. In my years of counseling, the overwhelming external sin issue among men has been pornography. And it rarely matters what their reason is for seeking counsel. If they come from marriage issues, financial problems, kid problems, depression problems, anger, alcohol, bitterness, or any other problem that you can think of, it is not unusual that there is a complicating problem of porn. Porn is pandemic in our Christian culture, partly due to the ubiquitous expansion of the Internet. I've told people before that if I was a kid being reared in this culture, I would just, I, I can't even, I don't even want to think about it. And pornography was hard enough to access when I was a child, but now it is at your fingertips, it's in your pocket, it's in everybody's pocket in the mo- mobile telephone. Underlying this temptation is we live in a, a world of weary, frustrated, insecure, and angry men whose minds are lured by lustful thinking. So not only do we have a pandemic problem, but we have a heart condition that, that is set up to be lured away because we're frustrated and insecure and weary and, and angry. James said it this way, that each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. You see where he's focusing the problem? It's not out there in the world primarily, even though obviously the computer is a problem and the mobile phone is a problem and immodesty is a problem and the sexualized culture that we live in is a problem. But the real issue is we... you. Those things would not be a problem if you were not enticed by your own desire, as as James says. Porn is a private way of bringing temporary pleasure to oneself. Typically, it is despairing men looking for an escape from the pressures of life. And porn is a practical way to get away for a break today, if only for a few minutes Though there is gratification in the behavioral experience of porn, it goes much deeper than the physical benefit of instant gratification. Porn is a private theater of the mind, an individual alone, lost in his own mind. Porn is motivating. It is where the insecure and frustrated man can be king for a day in his mind. The porn addict is in control where he enters his porn world, which is usually a far cry from the lack of control he has in his real world. For example, he can make the cyber ladies meet his desires. It is the one place in his life where he is in control. He controls their speech. He controls their thoughts. He controls particularly their thoughts about him. That's why I was saying earlier that the underlying temptation is we live in a world of weary, frustrated, insecure, and angry men who are looking for a break today, and they can go into the theater of their own minds, and they can make these cyber ladies do anything that, they, that he wants them to do. He is in control. He twists the script in such a way to find affirmation, applause, appreciation. The scriptwriter the porn addict, enjoys his one-man show. In a real world where things don't turn out as positive and where people don't necessarily like him, the ladies of the Internet 
do enjoy him. In the, in the theater of his mind, they fawn all over him. There not only is instant pleasure, but there is an immediate victory. The instant pleasure, he feels good physically. The immediate victory, he feels victorious spiritually. He has conquered something. He has controlled something. He has controlled his own world, and there was gratification. But these feelings last only for a few minutes. Just before he re-enters the real world where he lives with marital disappointment, disruptive kids, an overbearing boss, an unforgiving world, and a host of other problems that he can't control. Porn becomes his quick, self-reliant escape. Like the pot smoker of the 60s, he takes a little trip, only to return to a hopeless world. Can you hear the compounded misery in this process? Therefore, if you don't realize where the real problem is, and you take a victim mindset, then you can never get out of this. His continual foray into the cyber porn world, it creates another problem. It's like a drug. Here it comes. It's addictive. Once upon a time in the theater of his mind, the addict was in control. He used to decide when and where he's going to take his little escape adventure. But after several such experiences with lust, his heart began to have a mind of its own. That which he used to control now controls him. We're talking about a habituation here. This is a habit, as we know, as an addiction. He becomes an addict, and his addiction has its roots twisted around his heart. There was a time when he determined when he wanted his fix, but now the fix beckons him. It calls, it knocks, it crouches at the door, waiting to pounce. It blitzes his mind and overpowers him. His wife runs an errand to the store, and the temptation overtakes him. It beckons him. He comes. It comes before she is out the door. So he waits until she leaves. Now is his time. Maybe he has downtime in his frantic, unaffirming world. He feels the heat rising in his mind. The computer is calling him. The girls want him. He gives in because he's not in control anymore. He did it again. But this is the last time, he says. Porn addictive thinking is void of the gospel. The person and work of Christ, the gospel. Christ died to save people from themselves, which was God's grandest expression of love to any of us. Someone had to satisfy our sin debt, and Christ was the one who volunteered. Yielding to porn negates this powerful truth. A man's porn pursuit begins when the gospel no longer satisfies him. He wants something else, something more. Living in God's pleasure is not enough. The gospel is God's most explicit message of his affection, love, care, and concern for us. When we think about the cross of Christ, there is a reminder of how there is no length God wouldn't go to to rescue our perishing souls. Because of the death of Christ, it's an infinite expression of his great love. And when you rightly apply that to your life, there is a lessening need to make yourself feel better about yourself through man-centered methods like porn. 
The gospel shrinks our cravings for man-centered affections, love, and affirmation. Christ becomes the escape for the gospelized individual. Do you want to change your reality? Fling yourself on the cross. Do you feel alone? Live in the daily realities of the cross. Do you feel isolated? Abide hard by the cross of Christ. The cross is your escape. Living in the good of the gospel is your victory. This worldview must be your starting point. Remind yourself daily of what Christ did for you and how he went through death to save you. If your world is challenging and the temptation for a brief respite amid the chaos is strong, let me suggest another way. It's Christ. Preach the gospel to yourself today, right now. Ask your friends to push you toward Adam's tree. You have to be proactive in this matter. Not only can you not take a victim mindset, but you cannot be passive about this. You have to be courageous, aggressive, and what it sounds like, what it will sound like to you, and what Satan will try to convince you of is that it is a risk you don't want to take. But no, you have to do something. You have to move toward Christ. I would encourage you to memorize Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Study this text about having the mind of Christ. Learn of your Savior and what he did for you. Express gratitude for his great affection for you. Learn it, live it, enjoy it. I would encourage you to make out a gratitude list. This problem of gratitude or the lack of gratitude it crosses all sin patterns, not just the person who is struggling with a porn addiction, but the person that is struggling with virtually any other sin problem known to humanity. There is not enough gratitude. They are not practitioners of gratitude. One of the things that I would encourage you to do is to, is to physically write down every day one thing that you are grateful for. Keep a gratitude list. It might sound legalistic to some, but get over that. It is a great way to f see porn as a physical thing that you're doing. Well, do physical things instead of porn. And one of the things that you could do is to create a gratitude list. And what will happen in 5, 10, 15, 20 days, that list will continue to grow and it will begin to impact how you think as you read through it and, and see what all God has done through you. Express gratitude for his great affection for you. Now, there is no magic or silver bullet in the Philippians text that I was referring to, chapter 2, 5 through 11, but the idea conveyed in that passage can be life-changing. The problem with the person addicted to porn is that Something other than Christ is drawing his affection. The person addicted to porn has a worship disorder. They are worshiping. But it is a worship disorder to where his affections are under the control of something else other than Christ. He will find the solution for such a problem in Philippians, uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11, as well as other texts. And while that text is made up of words... 
The idea of the passage is life-changing. You must have the mind of Christ, not the mind of this world, which is what pornography is. Start in the heart to find the cure and begin at this instant. The heart cure is reminding yourself, no matter how challenging your situation is, God loves you. He cares for you. How do you know that, Rick? Well, that's easy. The cross of Christ informs your thinking here. When I actively remind myself of what he did for me, I know I'm not alone. God is for me, not against me. This perspective is gospel-informed thinking that will affect your behavior. The passage that I'm pointing to now is Romans 8.31 and 32. As Paul was reflecting upon the gospel work of Christ, he said, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Paul said in another place, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Here's your call to action. The title of the podcast is, When Looking for Pornography, Start in the Heart. I want to finish with a few things for you to think about as you work through any porn addiction that you may have or someone that you are serving. Number one, as you repent of your self-focused heart cravings by informing your mind about the realities of the gospel as understood by the Word of God, there is another way you can keep from going at this alone. You can increase external accountability in your life. I've said a lot in this podcast about your starting point being in the heart. You do have to start there. But I've also said that there are some external behavioral things that you have to do. And so one of the things that you want to create or begin to pray about is how to increase external uh, external accountability in your life. I'll give you one illustration of this. For example, Covenant Eyes is a competent, non-cumbersome software program that allows another friend to have a report of all your internet traffic for the week. I have a friend, he's actually a supporter of this ministry, and every day I get a report from him. I've been getting a report for him for years. I'm not even sure how many years, but many years. With a company like Covenant Eyes, you can fight the natural battle of being wooed to your computer to take a peek. And that is just one practical way that you can you can fight this externally. Number three, the third thing I want to say is let others help you. Let them fulfill the law of Christ. You remember what Paul said in Galatians 6.1 that I read to you, verse number two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Allow someone into your secret world of porn addiction. Once you do that, the battle is well on the way of defeat. You see, God gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. This, this here is probably the strongest door, the biggest barrier, the greatest obstacle when it comes to porn addiction. Allow someone else into your secret world of your addiction. And when you do that, the walls will come down. God will empower you. He will give you favor because that's what he does to humble people. Number four, I urge you to go to your local church. 
Talk to a trusted friend in the context of your local body. Let them, let somebody into your world at your local church specifically because you can meet them on a regular basis if it's nothing more than Sunday morning, but you can do better than that, so ask for their help. It would be their joy to come alongside you to help you walk through the entangling web of porn addiction. And I guarantee you that if you bring it up, if you start talking like this, there will be other people that will come around and say, yes, me too. Not only will the, the, wall, the walls come down, the obstacles come down when you admit it, but it will encourage and motivate others to make similar admissions, and you may be surprised. And then finally, number five, as I said earlier, I have many articles embedded in this article that I'm sharing with you right now. I would appeal to you to take your time and click on these resources and plan a long-term study. It would also be helpful for you to get my book, Change Me, The Ultimate Life Change Handbook. I wrote it to help a person walk through any kind of problem where they need transformation. Change Me, the title says it all. And so there's a link here, and I would encourage you to get that book. And so you have a lot of resources. You have a book that you can work through, and there's some other advice here as well as some insight on what this problem is, where to locate it, and where to begin working. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And if you don't mind, would you take the time to write a review on the platform where you're listening to this podcast? Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.